We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Had multiple submissions of the Batista bat flip, which is an answer to our question. What highlight have you gone back to watch the most? You were at the game. You're a fan of the team. You know, Bill Sabres, we have some Blue Jays fans listening. I was at that Batista bat flip game. I have also watched that highlight 5,000 mm-hmm. times. Yep. for the Just for the sound of it. So the highlight you've watched the most, because I have watched Arsenal's Reese Nelson's score in the 98th minute against Bournemouth approximately 4,000 times since Saturday morning. It was exciting. Um, so we're taking your calls on that, the, the, the play you've watched the most. Also, real quick thing, Josh Reed, um, Channel 4 tweeted this out. Maybe we'll get to this a little more tomorrow and through the week. Uh, the the Frazier departure, and we're, to, we're waiting for the Poyer mm-hmm. and Edmonds news, where they go, if anybody comes back. And Josh Reed writes, you know, Bills head coach Sean McDermott's leading heavily toward calling plays on defense this season. At the Combine, I spoke with multiple people around the league who say they would be very surprised if that's not the case. And I'll just offer this quick thought on Frazier's departure and McDermott taking over that, but before we get back to your calls and the highlight you've watched the most, I, I want to make a, a bit of a Tyreek Hill comparison if I could, which is, mm-hmm. and by that I mean this. When the Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill, I heard people both say it won't matter for Miami and it won't matter for Kansas City, as if like Tyreek Hill doesn't matter. Right. It's kind of got to matter for both of them. And it's a loose comparison, Joe, or a loose connection here, but if you think Leslie Frazier's departure makes a big difference, that's because you think Frazier ran a significantly different defense than Sean McDermott would? Yeah. And that to me seems like a stretch. McDermott's in charge. Right. And if you think it won't make that big a difference, then maybe you're not even moved by Leslie Fra- Which is it, right? Am I supposed to expect that it's going to mean a massive change to the defense or that it's just going to be the same and Frazier really didn't want to come back for this year and any sort of fundamental change that they make should be viewed as minimal? Maybe the leadership, maybe the teaching of players in training camp, the younger, maybe that part of it is affected greatly. But in yeah. in scheming and in calling, I think I lean towards I expect very little to be different. That's mostly where I am too. And if I'm open to anything, it would be I've talked about the play calling and like, is there any more aggressiveness there? Ron Rivera said that he sees McDermott as an aggressive play caller, so. I, even if I think the play calling might be a little different. The idea that Leslie Frazier was running a defense that Sean McDermott is just like not familiar with. Like imagine if like Rex Ryan's defense was being run here. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm the head coach. Like you do your thing. It's I, McDermott would hire a coordinator in in some in some light of how he likes to see defense played. So I, I don't expect major changes. Which is why of 
like the three guys that could leave this offseason, Frazier's gone for this year, and maybe Poyer and Edmonds. Frazier, to me, is third on that list in terms of impact on the defense because McDermott is already there. And, yeah, this isn't exactly a one-year wonder where Frazier came in and McDermott and he parted ways. He's been here the whole time. Right. The whole time. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, just a quick thought on that. 803-0550. Rob in Toronto. Go ahead, Rob, you're on WGR. Oh, hey, guys. Good morning. Morning. I love the um, topic. Uh, so, given that you're soccer fans, um, unfortunately, I'm a Manchester United fan. We just lost by a touchdown. Ooh, that was, tough that was, one. That was a rough Sunday for you, Rob. <laughs> oh, trust me. It's been a lot of rough Sundays being a Buffalo Bills fan over the last uh, <laughs> 20 years. But that one uh, that one wasn't pretty. But, um Paul Scholes in 2008, uh, his belter against Barcelona in the semifinals, and then John Terry slipping uh, yes. at in the actual final is definitely two pieces that I go back and watch again and again and again. Um, Scholes' belter is just, uh, I love Paul Scholes. Um, so that's one. Uh, the other one, I know you both are golfers, so I always go back and watch Bob May versus Tiger Woods yeah. 2000 uh, at Valhalla. Is that where uh, Tiger hits a putt on 18 to force a playoff as he points it in? Yeah. yeah. And Bob May hits a double breaker uh, that just – Bob May had no business. Like He was punching above his weight class, and those two – like that, that series for 2008, Manchester United, and that – that combat of 2000, actually, I know Rocco Mediate and Tiger went to bat uh, mm-hmm. at the U.S. Open, but that, that Valhalla, Bob May yep. stepping up and just performing, it, it gives me shivers when I like I go back and watch it all the time. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, I mean, like, golf does, of course, like there's so many big shots over the course of it. And Yesterday, Ketayama did not have to hit a very big putt because he had a tap-in from as close as you could get, but the putt before was pretty big, mm-hmm. and the approach is pretty big. Tiger, of course, has had incredible putts. Um, you know, a putt to win the Masters is always really, really. Justin Leonard, how about that? Justin Leonard at the Ryder Cup in 1997, wherever that was. Brookline? Uh-huh. That's an incredible one. Big, huge putt to basically win the Ryder Cup, and... The celebration. I do think a lot of these these highlights, like when you go back and watch a million times, it's to see celebrating. It's to see people go nuts. It's to 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 watch these events where either you 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 pull it out. In the case of uh, you know Arsenal yesterday or Saturday, it was they're going to tie. Instead, they win. They're in, a, they're yeah. in the thick of a race. Vincent Company had a absolute blast for City. What three years ago? Okay. That, that pretty much locked up the title for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, for they, they had they had one where they scored two goals in the final few minutes against QPR. That's the one. That's Dude, incredible. Sergio too. Aguero in the yeah. last two minutes. Yeah. That's the one. That's also before City is like the big bad empire. Right. Like they hadn't won ever when they won that one. Thanks, Rob, for the phone call and for the uh, the soccer contribution Bob as well. May, by the way, I can't. These golf highlights. Look oh, so tiger, old. Tiger walking. Holy in, in, cow! <laughs> you know what? You want to know the best way to know how old they are? Look at Tiger's pants. Tiger's pants, the other guy's pants, they're both, they're like billowy. Three sizes too big. (laughs) What is happening? I don't know what was going on with pants back then, Joe. 
We were all, early 2000s we pants. Were, we were all wearing very large pants. Wow, yeah, they're huge. They look like parachute pants by comparison to today's pants. Yeah. All right. Uh, Johnny in Buffalo. Go ahead, Johnny. Hey, guys. Good morning. Um, you know, as a Bills fan, one that sticks out in my head was uh, definitely Drayton Florence picking off Tom Brady uh, to end the Patriots drought that we had going on at home. You know, I was at the game, and, you know, I've never seen so many grown men crying over a regular season football <laughs> game, but it just felt so good to get that win. Um, watched that highlight of him picking it off probably a thousand times. My one of my good buddies, you know, named his dog Flo after Drayton Florence after that game. It was just like, you know, those little those little things there. But then, you know, some other ones being a Syracuse basketball fan, uh, you know, watching the O three run with Mello and watching Akeem Works block against Kansas. That block was you you knew that three was going in. You knew you knew that ball was going in the net and he just comes over and just swats it out of bounds. You're like that just happened because you fully expect Cuse yeah. to get heartbroken some way. And then, you know, one other Cuse memory that really sticks out was the the six over 10 game. Yeah. You know, I've watched those highlights a ton and it's just so much fun. Even when, you know, Devendorf hits a buzzer beater that ends up getting called off, but he jumps on the scorer's table, goes nuts. Um, you know, it's just you, you you watch the highlights, but you watch the highlights because you kind of want to remember where you were at that time too. You know, I was, I was in college. I was at an old bar in Buffalo, no longer there, called K Gallagher's on oh, Allen yeah. Street. And it, you know, one of the best bars I've ever been to because you know you walk in and yeah, drink all night, and he'd you know estimate your tab at the end of the night. That was probably <laughs> why they're not there anymore. But hey, but I, I you know I remember those I remember those little things and, and the people you're with, and it's just watching those highlights kind of brings you all back. But that game was just so incredible, and that you know I loved those Cuse teams, and it's just kind of sad they don't get those types of recruits anymore and the Big East basketball thing just gone so watching old Big East basketball is always fun too so thank you guys yeah thanks Johnny yeah I mean you know mentioning Syracuse ever ever since going to the ACC it's I mean they've made final fours but it's kind of been a regular season disaster and I've got a I've got a every single every week every Mm -hmm. five days Jim Boeheim is saying something that makes him look worse and worse yep and he's just like out of touch It's, it's a tough time for them Anyway, thanks for all those uh, all those submissions. You know, like I'm trying to think, like where we haven't really, what what corner of sports have we not touched? We've got the golf, we've got the basketball, football, we got soccer, soccer it started. Um, I mean, if you're a if you're a Patriots fan, is it oh what, Malcolm Butler picking off the, the Russell Wilson? I mean, yeah, I got I got one. Is this a highlight though? Is is the end of the 20 is 2021 for Stappen versus Hamilton on the final oh, yeah, lap. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I'll rewatch the Netflix thing to see Total Wolf like losing his mind. <laughs> I don't know that I've watched the actual race highlight again, but that's that's for racing for me. That would be the one. I got a good one. How about in 2008 in that I think it was a the 4 by one relay where they get I don't know who it was. I think it was a uh, Jason Lezak out touches France by one one hundred of a second sw- and the swimming. Yes, yeah, yes. Oh, that's good. The yeah. comeback for Phelps and that, and, and that group. Yeah, I wasn't sure when you said relay. If you meant track and field, yeah. that's what I thought we were. Okay, but yeah, yeah Phelps, no, you're right. Phelps. You're right. That was an incredible comeback. Yeah, the Olympics will deliver these moments all the time, right? Like, yep. Yeah, it's just and to you know to the caller's point about you want to remember where you were. It, yeah, who you're with. Maybe going back and watching those highlights is that for me. 
I'm always looking at someone else in the crowd. I want to look at a person I've never seen before and see how it hit them and how they reacted to this, you know, in these incredible moments. It's what you watch for. If the Sabres make the playoffs in the final game of the season, like, you know, the goal that make that gets yeah. them there is going to be like historic. Be crazy. Are they going to make it? It's a big week. Are you starting to feel the butterflies? Are we I'm getting nervous right now that they're going to fall out of it more than I'm yeah. getting butterflies. I am. Give me through the next week against these sure. teams, and I'm going to get them back. These four games are tough. Yeah. Very tough. I mean, Edmonton's good. The Islanders are in a spot. Dallas is good. The Rangers are good. They haven't played the Rangers yet. They have three games, so they have three that's, games left of them, right? Yeah, that's another part of this, yeah. is if they look like they just can't hang with the Rangers, we would have to dread two more matchups like that. So hopefully, uh, you know... But one at a time. Jack on Grand Island. Jack, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, my, I got two quickies for you. Is Gibson hitting that home run off Eckersley in the World Series? And then I've got Ali knocking out Foreman in, in, yes. in Africa. Those are the two that I, I've i watched thousands of times. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. That is my go-to for boxing. Ali? The rumble in the jungle. Ali at the in the... Is it the tenth round knocking out Foreman? That that is my go to for, for boxing. I've rewatched I'm like a huge boxing guy though. I've watched that fight in the whole probably like five times. The whole thing is incredible. Yeah. Boxing for me would have to be when Tyson first got knocked out by Buster Douglas. There's, when there's Tyson ones, yeah. Tyson when, on both sides. I mean, of course, there are Tyson there's you can watch a compilation of twenty minutes of Tyson knockouts in the first round. <laughs> so Tyson's got a whole library of these. The Rumble in the Jungle, though, that that for me, if I, I would recommend if you're a big boxing fan, watch the whole thing. It's like 35 minutes because the build-up to it, the highlight itself is great. The build-up to it is what makes it insane. There's not a lot of other fighting ones for me, though. Mm. Andrews Anderson Silva have one of these for you, like UFC. Not really. Not really. Bob in Buffalo. We'll go to Bob. Good morning, Bob. How are you guys? Um, I got a couple uh, baseball ones uh, and a basketball. Uh, uh, Joe Carter hitting a home run in the bottom of the ninth to win the World Series for the Blue Jays. You got to see that. He's As he's running around first, he's jumping up and down uh, to win the World Series for the Jays. 1993, I believe. Yep, game six. Uh, 1992, uh, uh, basketball, uh, Buffalo connection, phenomenal. Was the catch-and-shoot famous Christian Leitner uh, to beat uh, Kentucky in the Elite Eight to go uh, to the Final Four. Uh, that was in I can remember that like it was yesterday. The unbelievable play pass from Grant Hill to uh, the full length of the court almost. And the other baseball one was the famous uh, Kirk Gibson home run uh, where he limped all the way around the bases because he was practically crippled. And the Dodgers beat, uh, like, the supposedly unbeatable Oakland A's with their great teams. So there's some really phenomenal last-second couple home runs and a a last-second shot. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. The college basketball one. College basketball one. I mean, Leitner against Kentucky is, what, the most high-profile? Yep. It's, it's Elite Eight. That's two incredible programs. When I think of a college basketball buzzer beater I've watched... I need Gus Johnson on the call, first of all. <laughs> ...that I've watched 50 times. It's a very random one, but 
Valpo when they had that set play for was it Bryce Drew? Oh, okay. I don't even know what year as like a fourteen seed or something. It's a long inbound to a player who jumps and and just kind of lays off for Drew. It's incredible. Villanova had one of these, right? A a three at the buzzer to win the championship. To win the championship. To win the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of. I mean, the March Madness ones. You get a bunch of them every year. Right. We're getting to that time of year where that this is you know buzzer beater season. Yep. Conference championships coming up this week. And then on to the tournament. The, the the college basketball one for me was Florida Gulf Coast. Oof. They beat Georgetown as like a 15, beating a 2, and it was dunks. <laughs> like, it was like alley-oop from the sky that like everybody was flipping out about. So that's 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 Florida Gulf Coast of all the the blue blood blue blood programs is going to be my college basketball go do on that. 8030550. Uh more of your calls. We'll continue taking them. Also we're going to check in in uh, Minnesota. So the Sabres have a game tonight against Edmonton. Why are we talking about Minnesota? Well, maybe Jordan Greenway plays his first game with the Sabres. His flight got uh rerouted, so he wasn't able to make it for the weekend, but should be good to go for tonight against Edmonton. So we'll get the latest on uh Jordan Greenway, what kind of player the Sabres are getting. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up on the other side and take more of your phone calls on the highlight you've watched 10,000 times in your life. <laughs> Undertaker versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell, 1998. <laughs> it's a great answer. Yes, it's a great, it's answer. a great answer from Mike. Right? How many times can he go off the cell right. and just keep watching it because it's so mind-blowing? Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He was pounding the table on this one and saying, I know that there is more you know, to this player, and I believe that if we acquire him and we get him in our environment and the way Donnie wants to handle the certain, you know, however our system tweaks, all that stuff. He goes, I believe that we're getting a really important hockey player, you know. And so I put a lot of stock in that. Sabres general manager Kevin Adams relaying the story about how Jordan Greenway, the trade for Greenway, comes with a Don Granato pound the table of approval. Mm Mm-hmm. He had coached him back with the national development team. He was on the team with Tage Thompson. So Greenway and Granado, a little bit of a history there. And we'll wait to see his Sabres debut. Back to your calls in a moment. But before we do that, you're going to check in and see what uh, kind of player the Sabres are getting whenever he does make his debut, if it's in fact tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, joining us on the Western Hotline is Judd Zolged of Judd's Hockey Show covers um, – the Minnesota Wild, among other things. Judd, good morning. It's Jeremy and Joe. T- thanks for uh, taking a moment. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, you are getting a, a a very up and down player, is what I will say. When when he's good, he uh, he plays a very intense um, style, can muck things up, and certainly has the size uh, size to intrigue you. When he is uh, not good, he's passive and tends to blend in too much. So, uh, this is definitely, in my opinion, and 
guys, we see this in sports constantly, but this is definitely the Sabres saying we can fix him, Yeah, which sometimes is absolutely correct. Other times is not. So um, I, I would just say this. I think you're going to get a guy who is very motivated to start, and so I think he's going to make a splash. That's not the question. The question is the long game. How long does that continue? Right. He's under contract for two more years, and, Joe, there's a little bit of – you know, maybe this this uh, magic runs out for Don Granado and the Sabers, but there is a little bit of get a guy here, we'll get the most out of him. This happened as recently as Tyson Jost off waivers from the Avalanche earlier this year. So, okay, if if it does go well, if the Sabers can get out the good side of him, what type of player are you seeing when you see him at his best? Um, he's a guy who really is. I I don't know that he's going to score a ton of goals. He's going to score. When he's at his best, he's going to score more than he did hit here because he had a bad year here. Uh, I think he was at something like four goals. But um, more importantly, he is—he's the definition when he's going well of a playoff player because he's big. He can—he can hit. Um, the question is, does he engage? But if he's engaged, like he is going to be very good. He's going to be a guy who get who can definitely be part of a line that can shut. Uh, players down, offensive players, because he was part of a line here uh, called the Grief Line for quite some time, which had Joel Erickson at center, your old guy, Marcus Foligno, at the other wing. And they were matched up against really good lines, and at their best, did a fantastic job. So I would say Greenway ideally uh, gets you something like, let's say, 15 goals, but plays a very, very big role. And he is a guy who, if you get to the playoffs, and he's playing that way, is like the prototypical power forward type. The only question is, does he continue to play that way consistently? And for the value that he brings, I mean, the Sabres are third in the league in goals. They they can score. They just can't really keep the puck out of their net yeah. this year. Um, and a lot of that is their forward group. They don't have a lot of defensive forwards. So, I mean, you're kind of speaking to this, though, that Greenway kind of fits, I guess, what, what Buffalo's looking for here. Yes, he can. Yes, it, and and if they can put him on what I guess would be to use a cliche, a shutdown type of line, he can be very good. Um, and keep in mind too, I think he had so he during the off season. I want to say he had two or three procedures done um, last summer. I think he had his shoulder operated on. He had a root ten, or he he had his wisdom teeth taken out. He basically showed up for camp, just still trying to recover. Then he got hurt again. I think it was his first game back when he did come back. Now, those are the things beyond his control. The type of things that I'm talking about, though, that drive coaches crazy are he he was scratched for a game against St. Louis in which he left them one forward short. I want to say it was a 5 o'clock Central Time start. He overslept and, like, showed up an hour before face-off of, like, a 5 p.m. start, okay? So it's it's that type of stuff that drives – that absolutely drives coaches – crazy bill Guerin before he got traded this is like three weeks ago bill Guerin had to call jordan in and basically give him to quote bill Guerin a kick in the ass hmm. so so like that's the type of player that we're dealing with here but he has the makeup and he has the size that yes if you are if granado's trying to find a shutdown line jordan greenway could definitely be on that line Speaking with Judd Zolget of uh, Judd's Hockey Podcast on Jordan Greenway. And, you know, as you as you lay this out, I'm looking at Minnesota, obviously. 
Around the deadline, Judd, we get too many cases of buyers and sellers, and Minnesota's not exactly a seller, but decided to move in a different direction. How did it fit with what Minnesota did as a whole at the deadline? Well, the small picture is this. This team, probably about a month and a half ago, was very borderline a playoff team. Like, there was some thought, and they were not playing well, that they were going to miss the playoffs entirely. And Bill Guerin basically said, you show me something, I'll get you help. And the team did. They played absolutely great. They've been, I think they're now three points behind Dallas for first place in the Central. They are, I think, four points up on the Jets because they're in second place in the division. But the Greenway thing actually factored in big picture, and that's this. Uh, This team is in salary cap hell because the cap, because it's remained flat, um, and, of course, you know, you, you guys have probably heard about this. The Suter and Prezi buyouts going back a couple of years ago really have left them in salary cap hell. They signed Matthew Boldy, who also is a power forward type, to an extension about a month ago. Once they did that, Jordan Greenway's contract had to go. So the Greenway trade is actually not a trade as much for the deadline as it is for cap management in the offseason. But this team also did buy, you know, expiring contracts. So they didn't go all out. But they did buy some at the deadline to try and improve themselves. And, look, Greenway, if he was playing how he should play, would have fit in perfectly here. Big, heavy game. That's what they want. Uh, But that move was really done more as a cap move for when July hits and obviously that they would have to be uh, compliant as the springtime and the summer hits with the cap for next season. Judd Zolgad joining us on Jordan Greenway, and uh, he's the host of Judd's Hockey Show for Score North. Judd, thanks very much for the time, and uh, best of luck to the Wild in the playoffs. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Judd Zolgad. Have you looked at the Wild's cap-friendly page ever? I have. You know what? i just seeing this now. As, as we're talking about the highlight you've watched the most in your life <laughs> when given yeah. the choice between watching Reese uh, Nelson's goal for Arsenal or the Minnesota Wild salary cap friendly page. <laughs> I got to be honest, Joe, I'm more often Never watching. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, I've got time. I should probably do it. Yeah. Why? What's going on there? They have. It's a mess. 14. So this year, 12.7 million in buyouts on their cap. Next year, 14.7. The year after, 14.7. Parise and Suter. Each wow. 6.3 million on the cap this year, 7.3 million the two years after that. Are they. Holy cow. Are those two of the worst don't sign guys past their prime deals the league has ever seen? And the same team did both. Um, did, ooh, did they get what they wanted out of that? No, right? Definitely no. How much did they win? Not much. They made the playoffs every year, but did they ever win? Did they win three playoff series with them? No. So I think I think yeah that's that's Listen, a buyer beware. I, I know the Sabers are not exactly in a spot to be throwing stones for this, but yeah, has any organization been less relevant than Lo- than Minnesota in the last decade? Here's their seasons going back, starting last year. Lost in the first round. Lost in the first round. Lost in the first round. Missed the playoffs. Lost in the first round. Lost in the first round. Lost in the first round. Lost in the second round two years in a row, and that's when they get there. So they won. They won the first round, their first two years, if I have that right, and that's it. They made the playoffs every other year but one, but they never won another playoff series. Yeah, never mind. That's that's pretty bad. And now they're they're screwed. So 
So he, Parise, how old is Zach Parise? He is 38. On and, the Islanders, by the on way. On the Islanders, 38. When he signed that big deal, it was 2013. So that's nine years ago. Nine years ago, 29 yeah. years old. The idea of signing that deal, yep. anybody to that deal, at 29, it's just not done anymore. Right. It's rare, at least. Even Skinner. What Jeff Skinner signed his extension. How old is he? Was, was he 26? I think he's 26 or 27. 27? Yeah. There are some players, certain styles that can, yeah, you can last longer. Right now, Skinner is 30. And is all right. he three years in? Here, here we go. He signed... He signed his contract after his age 26 season. Yeah. That's a big three-year difference. It is a big three-year difference. And the Parise deal, how long was that? You said it was nine years? It was a nine-year contract? I think it was longer than that. 13-year contract. Oh! They signed... That was before the CBA maxed out at eight. Right, They signed both Parise and Suter to 13-year contracts. Holy... Wow. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. At age twenty nine. Yeah, that was when you're trying to circumvent the cap on the top side. Skinner's thirty. I thought I saw thirty. Yeah, he's thirty. You're right. But that deal's going fine. It's going fine now. They're not near the cap, and you know, maybe in a couple years he starts to slow down. But we think Ralph Kruger was the only reason why he slowed down in the first place. So now he's just back to being Jeff Skinner. Nick and Elmo. Nick, you're on WGR. Go ahead. Hey guys. Um, two highlights. One's the Bills. One's just my favorite ever. I'm a massive LeBron fan, and it's a different block from the finals block. Game two, 2013, um, against San Antonio. Thiago Splitter coming down the lane. Yep. Chance to make a name for himself. Massive human in his own right. LeBron just, like, tiptoes, and it's like he hit a brick wall. It's one of those that just, like, invokes audible laughter. I've watched it at least 100 times in my life. It, and yes. Then, <clears throat> Excuse me. My favorite Bills highlight is from this year. Not a big moment, but one of those from like you're relaxed on a couch, up on your feet screaming, is the Diggs catch against Minnesota. I think that's probably the sickest catch I've ever seen from a Bills player ever. And I've again watched that 50 times since it happened. The the one handed catch he makes in the middle of that game? Yes. Yes. Can you believe they lost that game? Unbelievable! Yeah, ridiculous. Doesn't that make everyone not want to watch that, no, that catch no. because they're going to immediately go, oh, "We lost this freaking game! Can you believe can't, we lost this game?" Can't believe it. Did you see what the Vikings GM said about Justin Jefferson? No, it's pretty funny. So Jefferson is, of course, going to set the market receivers. He's going to get sure crazy money, thirty-five as, million, maybe. Sure, sure, as he should. The Vikings GM said he doesn't want to be the GM if Jefferson's not a player on this team. Okay. That's commitment, right? Yep. What do you think about getting this job, this guy under contract? Uh, listen, I don't want to be the GM if he's not on the team. Like, if the day he goes to another team, I'm, I'm out. I resign. Pretty good. Going to cost him a lot. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to feel really strong about it. The caller's LeBron example, by the way. So that's against that's the block against I know the block he's talking about against, against the, Spurs, the Spurs while LeBron is with the Heat yeah Tiago Splitter I have one I've watched a little bit more recently I hated the Heat then hated LeBron then I hated all of it never I don't think I watched the highlight of the Ray Allen shot 
Chris Bosh gets the rebound out to Allen to tie it against the Spurs. That's a home game. That is, your season ends if he does not make that shot. And it's Mike Breen shouting bang, which always helps for a basketball call, too. Yep. That highlight, now that I'm like past that and like, all right, I'm a LeBron guy now. I can watch those heat highlights and, and be okay. That shot is is a great rewatchable sports moment, for sure. 803-0550. Jim in Rochester. Go ahead, Jim. We'll squeeze you in. Hi, guys. Uh, mine goes back to uh, uh, way back, 42 years ago. Um, I'm going to be 60 this year. The Bills game, to my knowledge, the only uh, Hail Mary successful in Bills history, Bills Patriots. Uh, it's November 22nd, 1981. You can get it on uh just put in Roland Hook's uh, Hail Mary. The thing is, right before the Hail Mary, he caught like a 40-yard catch, diving catch. It's on the highlights in there. Fantastic catch. And then five seconds left in the game, and he catches the Hail Mary. Um, my father died exactly a month to the day before that game, and that was my first Bills game hmm. without him. So that's uh, that, that brings it back for me. Thanks, Jim. Watching the highlight right now. It's one of those Hail Marys that uh, you know gets tipped, Joe. Bunch of guys running in the end zone. Patriots players are all there. Tipped and right to rolling hooks in the end zone at the stadium. 1981. You get you had the date. Nailed it. I mean, you know, yeah, he's you know, right on to, it. to the day, November 22nd, 1981. I don't have a lot of those from before you were born. Highlights, though, you'll rewatch a million times. I mentioned the Ali Foreman fight for me, but that's uh, boxing was at its heyday then, so that's easier. Highlights from before you were born. Well, I watched you'll rewatch a million times. Is there anything? I mean, the Ali Foreman's a good one for me before I was born. Is there that, like a Syracuse play before? No, right? No. Hmm. I can't really think of any. There's, of course, like, you know, Stan- Cal Stanford. Yep. Miracle on Ice is this for me. It's ha- it has to be like a legendary, like, national, I think, type moment. Uh, no one said it yet. Randy Johnson destroying a bird. Oh, man. I mean, I've watched it a hundred times. I mean, <laughs> it's diff- have you? It's yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's probably right. I probably it's have one seen of the it craziest times, things you'll ever see. I was is, alive is, for the, oh, I was alive for this one, but I don't remember watching it. Aaron Boone setting the Yankees of the world series in game seven. That's okay. pretty good. Is, is the Randy Johnson play the, the most unlikely play in sports history? The odds of it, someone did the math on it once. It was like one in like 95 million. It is kind of crazy that we can get, you know, Justin Jefferson catches a fourth and 18 uh-huh. off of someone's leg, and they're like, catch probability was 12%. You know, like, <laughs> yes. oh, okay, cool. Sounds great. What was the bird hit probability on that? The bird hit probability it's is be out there. 0.0004%. Yeah. I mean, I've watched it a bunch of times. Not. For any other reason, every once in a while, it's just like that really happened. Here we go. One in one in they're saying one in ten thousand. That can't be right. No, here we go. One in fifty million. Okay. One in fifty million. How do you get to that number though? It's not forty-eight million. You, it's roughly, roughly fifty million. You We're going with roughly. How many birds ever fly between pitchers mound and home base during a game? Uh huh. The exact moment the pitch goes <laughs> right. Crazy. Extendo Sports on the way. And then the Extra Point Show. It's uh, getting close to Franchise Tag Deadline Day. That'll be tomorrow 
and Lamar, of course, the big news on that. But first, we have tickets to give away. Be caller 5 at 221-4WGR to win a four-pack of tickets for a one-day admission to Western New York's premier garden and landscape show, Plantasia 2023, coming March 13th. March 16th through 19th at the fairgrounds in Hamburg. Explore the gardens and landscape of over 100 vendors offering plants, seeds, bulbs, garden decor, outdoor furniture, lighting, and everything else you need to create your own perfect outdoor living experience. You can check out more info online at PlantasiaNewYork.com or you can be Caller 5 right now at 221-4WGR. Breaking sports news airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550. 2020 Sports. Extendo Sports. Sal Capaccio is joining us. He's coming on for the Extra Point Show. What's up, Sal? How are you guys? Good topic. Fun this morning. Good yeah, stuff. but the, the, the play you've watched more than any, is it the Hakeem Warwick block? Ah, it's on my list. You know, it's funny. It is one of them. But I actually watched that more for the call by Nance at the end when he says, and Syracuse has won the national championship. He just says it like that, yep. and it's so cool. And then everybody's piling on each other, but that is one of them. Um, for me, and I'll tell you, my son loves watching it because uh, he just I, I tell him how great it's going to be when we're back in this kind of space again. It's uh, Drury. Uh, Drew, yeah. <laughs> Chris Drury scoring the goal, 7.7 left. And Max loves watching Max Finneganoff because he dives on the ice. So yeah. there's like a back-to-back yeah. highlight that you have right after that. Yep. And then the other one, honestly, that uh, I've gone back and watched many times since in the last couple of years – it's Taron Johnson's pick six. And, um, you know, it's um, it's a bit personal for me because I was there, so I didn't watch it on TV. But I watch what it was like, and I always think about just going back to that moment and remembering, oh, my God, here come the Ravens. They're about to tie it. And how the game just changed and how amazing it was and that entire time him sprinting down the field. And that's one for me for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the Drury one is, I mean, that that's one, Sal, where, again, the, the topic we had today was the, the, the highlight you've watched more than any other. It's because it's more than just the play. It's the crowd. It's the scene. It's everything yes, about it. Like 100%. Just being in those moments, that's you know that's what you go to these games for. It's why you buy playoff tickets is to hopefully be there for some some sort of incredible moment. And, uh, yeah. All right. And I was there in, in New Orleans when uh, Syracuse won it. And uh, also for Taron Johnson. I was not in the building for Drury, but uh, that's why for that. Real quick, somebody called about the uh, Roland Hooks Hail Mary catch. Yep. I was very, very young. But I remember, guys, there used to be a Rolades commercial. I don't know if you remember. Maybe they still do it. They say, how do you spell relief? R-O-L-A-I-D-S. After Roland Hooks caught the ball for the Hail Mary, there was a thing in Buffalo that said, how do you spell relief? R-O-L-A-N-D Hooks. That's what people said. <laughs> 1981. They made a a meme out of it before there were any memes. Very good. What's coming up at the Extra Point today? Uh, I have a a fun little topic as well uh, that I'd like to throw out. So when I was growing up, the Edmonton Oilers coming to town was the hottest ticket, guys. Like, if you were a kid, I was a kid, and if you could go see the Oilers, oh, my God, we got to see Gretzky and Messier and Curry because they only came to town once or twice a year, depending on how the rotation went. But that was it. And they're in town tonight, and I kind of feel like we're a little bit in that space again with McDavid, right, and the team that they've put together. They haven't won the championships like the Gretzky Oilers, but I feel like it's a little bit like we're. I, I knew I wanted to go to this game. We're going tonight, and, yeah, going to see McDavid. That's the thing, going to see him so that's pretty cool i want to ask people what you know what teams growing up maybe that was like for them yeah that they just had to go see him when they came every once in a while but that was it for me seeing the oilers so that's it uh paul's going to join us right away at 10 15 he's got to get to you know morning skate and things like that so he's going to join us a little bit uh early today so yeah we're going to talk about that some sabers also 
in the um, Greg Lyshinsky column for, and not surprisingly, some of the awards at the end of the year and where they may stand right now. And it's super cool to see some of the Sabres' names on the list and some that aren't on there that we can talk about. All right. Big week for the Sabres tonight. It's Edmonton, 730, ESPN Plus and Hulu. Tomorrow, the Islanders. Thursday, Dallas. Saturday, the Rangers. Big week for the Sabres coming up. That's it for this show. Handing things off to the Extra Point next year on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.